Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as the guided meditation programs. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, allowing you to listen while running errands, cooking, exercising, gardening, or relaxing at home. This year, my self-care practice centers heavily on creating space to learn more. So I'm currently listening to A Promised Land, narrated by the former president himself, Barack Obama. A Promised Land is an intimate and introspective autobiography that shares candid insight on the balancing act of running for office as a Black American, the forces that oppose him at home and abroad, how living in the White House affected his wife and daughters, plus so much more. If autobiographies aren't your thing, no worries. Audible has literally thousands of titles to help you achieve your goals, whether it's living more mindfully, finishing more books, or becoming a better parent, leader, or person, Audible's got you covered. Visit audibletrial.com slash bewellsis for more. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bewellsis. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. How you doing, sis? How are things? Me, I'm doing all right. I am hanging in there as best as I can. And one thing that I've been trying to talk to myself about and that I'm working through is just being patient with the process. I think like most of us, we all want, want to reap the benefits of our work quickly and it's just not happening like that for me. So I'm just trying to take it one step at a time, take things in stride and as they come. I'm not going to sit here and bore you with those things. Let's just go ahead and just jump into what's on my radar. So for this week, what's on my radar is rest. That's it. It's not an app. It's not a website. It's not an article. It's not a person. It's not a place. It's not a thing. It is just rest. I think we make wellness so complicated and sometimes it can be right but a lot of times it doesn't have to be one of the basic things that we need as humans is not just sleep but actual proper rest restorative rest more importantly many of us are chronically tired and chronically stressed and the remedy for both of these things can be found in rest So this week, I'm going to challenge myself and challenge you to actually try to get some rest. That means taking a nap. That means going to sleep earlier. That means turning my phone to do not disturb. That means logging off of social media. That means, for me, burying my head in a book because I love to read. And I'm going to try my best. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to try to spend an entire day or most of the day in bed. You know, I got little people, so it's hard to spend my whole day in bed. But anyway, I'm challenging you to figure out a way to get some real restorative rest. We are all so tired. COVID has brought a level of fatigue that we never saw coming. And 
for many of us, it is emotional, it is mental, it is physical. So please get some rest. So like I said, that's all I have on my radar for this week. It is restorative rest. I am challenging you to do the same. So let's get into the episode. When we talk about motherhood, rarely do we acknowledge the journey that it is. And you're like, journey? What she means this? Well, one definition of journey is any course or passage from one stage to another. It's like almost overnight we go from being autonomous singular beings to not. And while some of us transition seamlessly, it's not always the case. Today's episode features the founder of a pregnancy app for women of color that I mentioned in a previous episode called Wolomi. Lyo George, while working as a labor and delivery nurse, witnessed firsthand the disparities that women of color face during their perinatal periods. So she created Wolomi, spelled W-O-L-O-M-I, which will be linked in the show notes, to help women who look like her receive professional advice and recommendations during their pregnancy journey and commune with one another in safe nurturing spaces. I had such a good time talking to her. The moment that we hopped on the call, I felt like I had known her forever and that she was like my lifelong friend. A lot of it is because that what she was saying resonated with me so, so much. So let's get into the conversation. Thank you so, so much for joining. I'm so happy you're here. Be well, sis. So today we have the founder of Wolomi Pregnancy App. I've just been on the app all day and I'm like, dang, I wish I had this when I was pregnant. When I was pregnant, I was looking around for information and just relatable tidbits for things. And I always felt like I didn't feel connected. So I'm so happy you created this. Please introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My name is Laya George and I am the founder of Wallumi. Wallumi is the only digital community for women of color, by women of color, that's an app to navigate the healthcare system so that we could get better outcomes during our pregnancy and the first few years of the motherhood journey. Because we know it can be a lot and information is not always given to us. And when it's given to us, sometimes it's not enough. We're being ignored. So this is a space to create a community for one another and just connect each other with experts and also have that comfort of the pair, women like us, where we can say, hey, sis, like this doesn't feel right. (laughs) Like, Has somebody gone through this? Somebody that's like me? And also finding those experts. One of my favorite experts that we just got on the app now is a Black dermatologist. Honestly, I have had this experience where I've gone to a dermatologist and they look into the lab or something or whatever they did. They're like, yeah, yeah, I know what you have. Girl, it was not... (laughs) Does nothing for you. Let me tell you, my first experience with a dermatologist as like a sidebar was when I was in high school. So it was, I think, junior or senior year, getting ready for prom time. And I had really bad body acne that would scar. So I'm like, I felt subconscious wearing like dresses and whatever because of the scars. So I was this dermatologist and he was like, oh, no big deal. Oh, what we're going to do is we're going to put bleaching cream all over your entire chest. And wow. I'm like, I don't know much. I'm only 16 or 17. But I'm like, that don't sound right. And then I said, but now it's not going to match my face and the rest of my body. He's like, no, no, then you go to a tanning bed. I'm the like, okay. What? I'm like, I know nothing about nothing, but nothing. That's all right. That, that ain't it. <laughs> you know what? It's funny I feel like the dermatologist experience is an experience that all of us can relate to think of it it's the same when you think of birthing 
the process of getting to birthing, the process of birthing is the same. You could go to somebody that just tells you the wildest stuff, right? And they don't just understand that. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Like it does not work Mm -hmm. like that for me as a black woman. Like that's not. And that's why we have a lot of the bad outcomes that we have. So for us, the app is sort of like live the stress and find joy in the community. As you're talking, I'm thinking about my experience when I was pregnant too. Just the community is so important. Feeling like you belong because pregnancy itself can be stressful. Just not knowing if everything is going right. Because for me, I get very anxious when I'm pregnant. I know all that it takes to create a human and that's what makes sure that everything is going right. I mean, though I have no control over it. It's important to have the sisterhood. Listen, sis, I've been there or I'm with you. It's nothing to worry about. Or maybe you should speak to your provider about it. Yeah. If you're going to speak to your provider, this is how to speak to your provider. Because sometimes those 20 minutes appointments, they go fast. But in that, sometimes we get lost because we feel like, oh, that provider, that OB, that midwife, they're like God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... How who am I to tell them that, oh, that doesn't feel right? Oh, I don't quite understand that. But how do we make the best use of those conversations? And sometimes when you are outside of that, in an environment that's not threatening, that you feel that you're not judged, you're able to kind of have this conversation. And the good thing with the app is that I am a registered nurse. And so I'm able to kind of moderate some of the conversations, almost like a community coaching kind of thing, where... It's kind of like, okay, yeah, this is how you can have those conversations. This is how you yeah. can be better yeah. prepared for the appointments. I feel like a lot of times as Black women, sometimes we feel like pregnancy just happens to us. Even if you plan it, right? Even if you plan it, you just like, okay, now I'm pregnant. And I just have to sign myself up to this medical system. It's kind of like an asylum. <laughs> and, yeah. and they just do stuff to you. And then at the end, you get babies. Well, that's not our counterparts are doing. They're owning that journey. They're actively participating in that journey. And and how I got to this point was when I was younger, my mom was a midwife. She delivered a lot of my friends at home back then. This was in, in Nigeria. It was a community experience and the joy of birthing, the joy of this and that. As I was growing up in the States, going to nursing school, I was like, okay, I'm going to become a labor and delivery nurse and all that. At first, I thought I was going to become a midwife because I wanted to be a part of where women are like joyful. Then I realized that's not always the results. And it's not always that result for us as Black women. And the way we get treated and all of those things. And so I remember working at some hospital where there wasn't a lot of women of color and where they were birthing, everything was evidence-based. By evidence-based, I mean like if there's evidence that this works, that's what they're going to adopt immediately. And when you're birthing, it's overseen. And then every woman is entitled to a massage before they leave labor and delivery. Before you discharge home, you get a complimentary massage. When I delivered my first son, we had that experience. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. So this is what it could be like. Then I started seeing when I work in areas that are not predominantly white, it's different. You touched on a couple of times the, the community aspect of birthing and even motherhood is so important and it's lost in our society. My parents are Haitian and my grandmother She wasn't a midwife, but she knew about the herbs. If a woman's milk didn't come in, like 
they would send the woman, even in America, when she moved to America, they would send her to my grandmother who knew what herbs like put on her chest for like the milk to come down. Or if she felt that maybe this woman should not be breastfeeding because she's too, like her moves are changing. She's not bonding with the child. Then she would know how to stop the milk. Anyway, it's a community process. Unfortunately, because we're so like isolated from each other, we don't have that. Even thinking about how the planning of family planning in America is for me with my second child, because my mom was moved in with us at that point, And I had my cousins come up to visit while I was going to go into labor. It was such a different experience. And with my, with my first, it was just me and my husband and we did it. Second, we had like that community around makes such a difference. And like you said, breastfeeding, they always talk about how, you know, we don't breastfeed as a community as much as our counterparts. An amazing point. We have to go back to work immediately. You know how much work that thing is? That's a job in itself. It's a job in a half. Just the breastfeeding part. And then yourself and the baby. And imagine trying to go up the career ladder. Yeah. The playing field isn't level. So. I love your apps. So that way we can communicate with each other and let each other know like, hey, I've been through this. Maybe this can be helpful for you too. And to know what you, how you can take ownership in your healthcare. So during pregnancy, what are some tips that you would recommend for someone, let's say in the beginning of the stages of their pregnancy, how should they approach their encounters with their healthcare providers? The best way to look at this, I always explain it in a shopping way. You're not going to go to the store and buy a bag that you don't like. That's the same thing with healthcare because a lot of times we feel like, oh yeah, even if you're not paying out of pocket, you are paying from your work. They're deducting money from you. So think about it like when you're going shopping, you're not going to keep what you don't like. I mean, some people do, but it's not healthy to keep what you don't like. That's the same attitude you should have towards your provider. You should go in there with an open mind, because there are good people who want to give good care. And sometimes it's ignorance, sometimes it's cultural differences. If you have a, a good relationship, you can kind of train them to know more about your culture and, and so that they could think about how to provide care for you. But the main thing is keep an open mind. And if it's not going, just like how we got on this podcast and we were just going, we're just vibing. That's kind of what you want because at the end of the day, that person is going to make that decision and you want it to be somebody you trust. So when you start early pregnancy, hopefully you've had an OB that you love before that, like a year before the best time to start priming for pregnancy is a year before, you know, take your folic acid, take all of those things and look for the good provider that you could it be a midwife or, you know, whatever it is. But the main thing, if I have to live with one thing, is you have to find a provider that you just see out of that. All good relationships take work. It's the same thing with the provider. That doesn't mean that you're not going to disagree sometimes. We Black women, we, we have instinct. Most women have instinct, and Black women especially. You don't want to get to a point where you're no longer able to advocate for yourself or your partner is not able to speak up for you. And now you're left with this person that you don't know what's up. With my first pregnancy, I had one OB that I went to when I found out that I was pregnant. So after the first visit, so the visit that we confirmed pregnancy, she was already talking about C-section this, C-section that. And I'm just like, why are we talking about this? So then we had one more visit and I told my husband, I said, I don't, I don't trust. He was like, okay, she's fired. There's nothing to talk about. And he's very like cut and dry. He's like, if you don't feel comfortable, he's like, Cass, she's going to be delivering our baby. 
goodbye. She's fired. Your life is going to be in her hands. And the way he said it like that, I was like, you know what? You're right. Yes, she was nice, but those red flags just stood with me. And he's like, no, she's fired. That's it. Yeah. And I feel like when you vibe with that person, they know you by name. If you go into an office and they don't know your name, you're going to be a number when she's trying to cut you. When you're saying you're bleeding or something's not right, she's going to be like, I'll come back in a minute. Right. It shouldn't be a factory or like a transaction, right? Yeah. Even if she has a million people to deliver, you shouldn't be a number to her or him. So that relationship is crucial. It's critical. I really love that your husband was like, nope. But not everybody has that because a lot of times you feel like, oh, it's a doctor. They know better. I think our people, especially, and I'm coming from somebody who's been on that side, it's so important to your point to really take control of things. First of all, we know our body best. Yes, the physician may have gone to school forever and that's great, but you know you. You're an expert on your own body. Yes. So if something doesn't feel right, get a second opinion, get a third opinion and or move on to somebody else. And sometimes towards the end, you might not find the right provider to take you. That's why you got to do the work early. The best time to plan for a pregnancy is before pregnancy. And of course, early, early on, try to make sure that you vibe with that person. And, And we also... So the app is one thing. We also have like pregnancy circle. We do that oftentimes with the midwife, the black midwife. And that's a time where we can take women through like a cohort of other women who are around the same time. And it's not like all the other birthing classes. It's not a birthing class. It really is learning about the healthcare system as it relates to pregnancy. How do I shop for a good hospital? What are the things that I should be looking out for? How do I plan for pregnancy? How do I plan for postpartum life? Recently, we had one of our classes, we're talking about postpartum and it's like, by postpartum, I mean the after birth, not depression. Oftentimes, especially if it's your first baby, you don't know what to expect. And you were thinking, what are you going to feel like when you have your baby? They're all different kinds of answer, but it's time to be real. You could be exhausted or you could see that baby and be like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> All of the above is acceptable. I mean, it's become a problem because every time we always think these joyous pictures of babies and man, I tell you, (laughs) they could not be for you. And to set realistic expectation of what it's like so we can be well, you know, so that you can really own this journey and know that, okay, it's going to take me a while to get out of the house. And also, I just have this baby. Everybody's taking care of this baby. Nobody's asking me, how in the world am I doing? We underestimate the change that a baby brings. You go into the hospital, one person, and now you're automatically two, sometimes more than two. And that's a lot. You've carried this person, but it's still a stranger. You still have to spend that time learning that little person and how it affects your relationships and all of that. Today's song of the day is a bit toxic. It's one of those toxic-ass love songs from, like, our childhood. The lyrics are a mess, but the melody is beautiful. It is by a man called Blue, and it's featuring Drake. Also, if you haven't, please subscribe to our newsletter. It is bi-weekly. It is crafted with love and care and honestly i just want a way to connect with you outside of the trash algorithm 
of Instagram. <laughs> so please sign up. The link is down below, or you can also sign up on the website at www.thebewellsis.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Luckily for me, being married is not the hard part. We waited a while. But the hard part for me was being a mom. Luckily for me, I already had like a therapist. And when I went to her and I was like, I'm not getting out of my house. I don't like this feeling. I kind of just want to disappear. I kept having weird dreams and I would text a friend of mine. I said, yeah, I had that too. You think you're the only one? Like I can't have any weird dreams where my husband and I like would like walk off and we leave the babies. <laughs> in all kinds of denial (laughs) but I wasn't expecting that because I wanted this baby it was difficult and when I went to my therapist and she's like so this is what they call prenatal depression I was like that's a thing because I've always heard of postpartum depression and she's like yep people have it and I want you to try to get out of your house once a day and then it will get better I was thinking about the change of just being pregnant. Again, I like really wanted my children, but I didn't enjoy being pregnant. I no longer had autonomy over my body because now I'm thinking about everything that I eat and I drink and where I go, what I do. I'm thinking about this baby inside of me. So I was like, dang, I like my own person anymore. And we don't talk about that either. What I ended up doing was taking a sabbatical. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a small city that I like near the water and just do pregnancy that way. I love it. You truly owned your pregnancy. I love that. You know, make it your own. Whatever you need to do to feel good for you, do that. Because if mama feels good, baby feels good. And I wish we had more opportunity to do things like that. Yeah. And, and so when I got out of that, I was like, not everybody's going to be able to do that. Obviously, because of my experience and I already, I was able to plan, but it's never too late. Uh, and that's the whole point of Wallamy is owning that journey, whatever you want it to look like. The only thing that stops us from owning the journey is knowledge, knowledge of the options that there are. And sometimes getting knowledge just costs a day. But it's so worth it. I feel like if you make the decision to become a mother, all of those things take priority over everything else, at least for me. It's worth it having the access to the information through your platform to like look into like, am I going to plan out my pregnancy, my postpartum stage? Am I going to have a doula, the benefits of a doula, all of that. It is so worth it. Yeah, just making sure that whatever choice you made, you made it. You knew the power of it and you said, this is what I want. I mean, not that all of pregnancy always go as planned, but there are things we can control. Sometimes we can't, but we leave that to God or higher power. But there are things that we can control. And that's how people, other people have been having better outcomes is by really being present and mindful about the pregnancy. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's powerful. It can be scary. But I love communities that you created where it's us. Going back to what you said earlier, you mentioned how the one hospital that you worked at did everything based off of evidence-based medicine. Evidence-based medicine is great. Unfortunately, they don't be studying us like that. You know what I mean? So I think communities like Wolomi are so important because we are our own cohort and we can talk about our own shared experiences. And there's something to that. Yeah, I wanted to say an example earlier when we started Wallamy before we became an app. 
our community started on WhatsApp before it became an app. And one of the conversations that came out of that one day was a mom was getting ready to go to the doctors after her baby and she was planning for her postpartum experience. I love moms who really take advantage of the platform and just run with it. So she was like, I'm about to have my first appointment post-baby and I want to talk about birth control. And she's been researching birth control. And she just said, how has this birth control affected you all? Because like you said, who knows who they studied? <laughs> and we were able to have a good conversation about, oh, this is what I use. This is how it's affected me. Like, you see how other people like you are affected by things. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I am super excited. I actually was looking at the one thread by the dermatologist. Because with my second baby, after breastfeeding, my skin just revolted. Like, and I felt so ugly. And I was just like, oh, this is terrible. And it sounds like a, a minor thing, but like how you feel about yourself affects your day to day. I love that you have like a derm on there. You have yourself on there. And I'm sure you have other experts on there too. So everybody, please go ahead and download the Wall Me app. It's available on all platforms, right? Yeah, Android and Apple for all those Apple users out there. I'm an Apple user forever. You know what it is? I feel like smart people use the other one, like Android. Android is too many screens. Like too many things pop up. It's like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> no, I feel the other way. I feel like Apple is too much. <laughs> like, why is it doing this? It's doing too many things. <laughs> so I always like to wrap up by asking for a book recommendation for the Be Well Sis Reads segment. So it could be about anything at all. It doesn't have to be about birth or about your work. It could be about anything. The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. It's good. Thank you so much, Lyo. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis. She don't wanna go to sleep, she angry Lately she been noticing